You don't know, my on... movie about a comic reviewer in space is based on a web series. I could have valuable insights about the human condition. <laughs> I'm making an Italian gesture at you. <laughs> Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Dear listeners, to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome, I am Melissa, and this is Wendy, and we are here this week with Lewis. What? We are. <laughs> since when? Also known as Linkara. So I've been told, anyway. Yes, uh, Linkara. Okay, from... Was that news to you? What? Who told? Who calls me that? <laughs> who told you? It's been like six years now. <laughs> uh, Linkara is from Channel Awesome. Correct. Is that the name of it now? It is, is now. It okay. used to be that guy with the glasses. Mm-hmm. Then we realized that, you know, there are more people than just Doug Walker on there. And yet <laughs> he still gets, you know, top billing on the the header above the site with the B that we're still not sure what the hell that is. <laughs> <laughs> this all sounds fascinating. You're talking about a website? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we're, ta- we're talking about um, a, a basically a conglomerate of various web reviewers oh, okay, who yeah. produce um, weekly or semi-weekly content. Hmm. Uh, Reviews yeah. of video games, yeah. comic books, TV shows, movies. Yeah. Yeah. And Linkara basically does comics. Yes. Correct? Yes. And occasionally Power Rangers when I can be bothered. Yes. And how many are people are on Channel Awesome these days? Uh, producer-wise? Yeah. Uh, I think I counted once, and it's because I, I counted once for MAGFest, which is where, where like our annual gathering together of how many we can put, uh, put ourselves in. I'm like, 40 to 50 now. Mind you, that was before the mass exodus that recently happened with a few people leaving uh, for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, some bad, some good. So, but yeah, I'd still say about 40 or so. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it, it is kind of this massive knot of creative people who are creating a lot of web content, huh. and every once in a while they kind of get together and they produce movies that are distributed on the internet, which is kind of what I wanted to talk to Linkara for this episode because he is making a movie, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and part of this movie is being made in my basement. <laughs> Where we happen to be recording, so Which convenient. is where we are right now. We are okay, in... Okay, so we're doing an episode yeah. simply so he could scout locations? Pretty much, partly, yeah. Partly, partly. <laughs> <laughs> Fess, who is right over here... Hello! Uh, ...has been building parts of the set. Well, like a console. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going to walk you through this because yes, because yes. this because we are a wacky little bunch. Yeah. As, as Melissa said, we've had a few episodes. We've had a few anniversary movies to celebrate. You know, our coming together a few years ago, and one of them was a space spoof called "To Boldly Flee." <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And part of the plot of it involves stealing a bunch of random uh, equipment and technology from a mad scientist and turning uh, the nostalgia critic, who's, you know, Doug Walker, the big, you know, head honcho, quote unquote. You can't see it right now, but I'm making the quotation marks. I, I'm hands. a witness. There are quotation marks happening. Uh, of the Gestures site. Gestures are great radio. Yes. So basically, we turn, we turn his house into a spaceship. And, of course, computer consoles everywhere, but it's still clearly someone's basement. <laughs> and for the purposes of the movie to save money and time on building a set we are going to part part of the end of that movie is the mad scientist came back and took the technology back at the end of it uh so i explain in the movie that he sold the technology to an independent space uh, organization and they have built a ship using that technology uh the exterior will look something like uh the discovery one from 2001 a space odyssey but the inside will look like someone's basement namely 
my basement. Exactly. <laughs> I don't feel like you need to justify it. It needs to be more like the classic from all of Sam Raimi's films. Like people will watch and be like, "Oh my God, it's the console." <laughs> and and that's kind of the nature of it. I mean, I've seen the, the previous movies made by the Channel Awesome people. You know, to boldly flee and what's the other one called? Uh, two other ones: Kickassia and uh, Suburban Nights. Oh, I don't. Have I have I seen them all? I've seen them all, haven't I? I, I gave you we saw one. Suburban Nights. Yes, I maybe I have seen them all. Kickassia is the silliest, uh, but uh, yes. is is we we filmed it in four days. We went out to Nevada to a uh, micro nation called uh, Malasia. Yes, run by this wonderful man named Kevin Baugh, and basically it was it's basically an hour and a half Looney Tunes cartoon where we take over his country and try to run it. Well, yes, they took over a micro nation for a while. There's a micronation in Nevada? There, yes. There, there are micronations all across well, California. officially recognized by the United States government, of hmm. course. <laughs> d- d- okay. Technicalities and land zoning. Yeah. Yeah. Reverse a bit. Jump. Yes, there's a micronation. Okay, because I just watch Footloose for other purposes. Jump back. There are <laughs> micronations? Yes. <laughs> there are micronations. How micro was this name? I feel like was... there are listeners who are going, wait a second, they need to talk about that more. So I'm filling it's in for It's an them. acre of land. An acre of it is this guy's house and his rather expansive desert backyard. And <laughs> the name of this nation is Malasia. And Hi, so and so uh, when we took over, we renamed it Kickassia. Um <laughs> <laughs> I think we broke your brain here. <laughs> what I want to know is how is his little nation different than, you know, every place else in America? It has a flag. <laughs> well, see well then. <laughs> Does it have a flag? Well, then, as we know, according to the rules that we just made up, it's a nation. Exactly. Um, I no, seen the movie. It doesn't make much sense to me either. <laughs> I've seen cartoons with this very plot. Again, again, it's an hour and a half Looney Tunes cartoon where basically we no, all... No, I'm talking about the serious reality. <laughs> Does he get mail? Yes. Okay. I'm assuming he set this up so he doesn't have to pay taxes. Oh, uh, no, he still has to pay taxes. To himself? If it's his own nation? Uh, yeah. Is he the king? Uh, president for life. <laughs> How does the United States feel about him doing that? As long as he negotiates trade with them via paying taxes and whatnot, they don't care. Does he have a piece of paper saying that? I think so, yeah. Like, seriously, like the government, like, we don't give a fuck what you call yourself as long as you pay your damn taxes. I think so. I'd have to, I'd have to, double, I, I mean, I'd have to call him again, but it's been a few years. Okay, and uh, <laughs> here's the key question. <laughs> How in hell did you hook up with this person to go, you know what we're going to do this weekend? We're going to drive to Nevada and take over a mic. See, that was the question I asked when uh, Mike Bashad, the president of the company, said we were going to be doing this. How, well, okay. So. It, was, it was just he contacted him. What, did he see, like, a cracked top five micronations in America? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just asked him, are we sure that, are we sure that we, we're not going to show up this guy's house and he's going to shoot us or something? <laughs> did, did you ever find out, like, how your president of your company, like, found out about this dude? I, did, I, I didn't. I I think he just said that he had heard about him from someone else, and they have their own website. In fact, Kickassia is listed on Malasia's website as an attempted takeover of their land, and they, like, made a statue in honor of the occasion. <laughs> I really am trying to picture that phone call. Like, hi, we'd like to come film in your nation, which, hey, you know, if you've got a small nation, you want, you know, you want films to come shoot there so you can get some tourism yeah. trade or something. Um, there is apparently tourism there. People will come by and ask, like, you know, for a tour of the area because he's set up stuff like like the Molossian Railroad System, which is like a toy train in his backyard. Yes. Uh, there's, there, there's a mail post. It's basically like a wooden shack next to the side of the house. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing he is not a person without a sense of humor. Yeah, oh yeah, he has a sense of humor. Okay, that's key, because I was starting to wonder, yeah. like, making that phone call, You, I would have been like, okay, there's two ways this plays out. This guy is self-aware, or this guy is fucking nuts. Oh, this guy is pretty self-aware. He, have, he I have in seen the movie, the movie, too. He's in the movie, too. Yeah, I have seen Kick-Ass. Yeah, but he could be in the movie and still be fucking nuts. Oh, no. Through that. Oh, no, he's... He, he seems to be self-aware in the movie. Dear listeners, I want to catch you up. We do have audience. We have Festworks. And we have Nolthingval here as audience. Yay. 
I so know. the extra voices you're hearing are people launching in going, what about this Kickassia thing? So, yes. yes. Okay, well, you guys brought it up, and I'm sorry. That oh, was, I know. That was not a tangent. I was channeling everybody's curiosity. About <laughs> oh, yeah. That, no, it's totally fucking fascinating. The second one, the second movie is a little bit more straightforward. It's, yeah. it's called Suburban Nights. It's it's a fantasy spoof where uh, the nostalgia critic get, got a chain letter uh, message about about a Dungeons and Dragons player who created this treasure map that we have to act out as fantasy characters to go and and hunt this treasure down and and you know sell it for millions. Okay, that sounds a lot more straightforward. Than yeah, although 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 it has its own various goofy elements uh, for various reasons, mostly because. In this universe, we're kind of all idiots, so we all act out as fancy characters. Uh, Brad Jones, cinema snob, he beca- he basically puts on a costume and becomes Indiana Jones. I dress up as King Arthur. The nostalgia critic dresses up as Link from Legend of Zelda. Did it's you, like a cosplay yeah, LARP quest. It's yeah, it's a cosplay LARP quest. No, no, no. He sings a lot from Camelot. I sing a lot and, from Camelot. And Wendy is very happy. Now we're talking. <laughs> Camelot, the classic musical. A law was made Yay! a distant moon ago here. <laughs> it's my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> it's May, it's May, the, the lusty month of May. May. The joyous the month when everyone goes blissfully astray. astray. It's time to do a wretched thing or two. <laughs> it's a good I love Camelot. It's my favorite movie of all time. It's a good song. Mm-hmm. Wendy is very happy right now. I, well, there's I a real, that's a good choice. I mean, yeah. obviously Xanadu is better, but it's and, okay. And then finally, there was the Boldy Flea, where we where we go up into space uh, to find the ashes of Mati from Captain Planet. Uh, these movies are very goofy. It's it's explained in them. Yeah. Well, you're and making them in people's basements. I believe I have a pretty good idea of what what we're talking about. Mm. And it's also very in-jokey in that it's it's for the fans of the people on Channel Awesome. So it's uh, it helps to know kind of the backstories of uh, what well, people who are these producing. people are. Mm. Yeah, of who these people are. The very and, first anniversary yeah. year was just a brawl. For 20 minutes, we just all punched each other and made references to our various catchphrases. And and and, and there is a certain attraction to that. Mm. Oh, yes. I have to say, as someone who actually didn't follow any of the Channel Awesome videos initially, it was actually a nice... They're all. They're also really nice introductory things to who all the various groups are. Hmm. They are. They are. I mean, I I knew you, yeah, Linkar, before knowing everything else about that guy with the glasses. Channel awesome, but the movies are the introduction I got to everybody else. Mind you, because they take because they're filmed and edited a year apart from each other, like. Some people rotate out. Some people are in all three movies. Other people have rotated out and new people come in and just like, who the hell is this person? Right, right. <laughs> Who's this asshole? It would have been nice to have like a VH1 pop-up video, uh, like commentary track of this person is this. <laughs> this is a reference to this. It wasn't you <laughs> watching them with a wiki page open. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. just Fessworks sitting next to me doing translation. <laughs> oh, you should look. This, this is person this reviews anime. <laughs> But yes, th- this newest iteration is Linkara's atop the fourth wall the a- movie. Atop the fourth wall movie, which is which is based on my web series atop the fourth wall, where I review comic books, and I I am one of the more unique video producers out there, if I may toot my own horn here. Yes, uh, in that I have an ongoing storyline in my show where where Linkara the character Linkara you know faces off against eldritch abominations mad scientists robots and various other minutia so this is a movie version of that but it's following up on some plot elements from to boldly flee Okay. Mm-hmm. Because, again, we're going up into space, so might as well follow up on some of the stuff. That was one of the things that bugged me about Tiboldi Flea. Tiboldi Flea is the longest, and it's three and a half hours long, because it's really more of a miniseries than it is a full movie, because it's just really, really long. So there were a lot of great ideas there, but we didn't really explore some of them. There was, like, the idea of... Uh, uh, Europa is being transformed by this anomaly into a living, breathable world. Well, great. What are we going to do with that? Oh, we're going to have a a 10-minute slapstick sequence on it. (laughs) Okay? The thing I'm really fascinated about this whole project, like the whole Channel Awesome, That Guy with the Glasses project is, I mean, normally, you know, Wendy and I are talking about traditional channels of delivering media to people. This is, you know, the brave new world of delivering through the internet Mm. where, you know, movies don't have to be two hours long to fit into the time slots in traditional theaters. You know, you can make it however long or short. Also, uh, funding is very different. Yes. And... 
and just watch you go through the Kickstarter to fund this thing. Yep, the Indiegogo. We yeah. raised sixty three thousand when we asked for forty thousand, mm-hmm. which. Thank God we got to 63000 because we've actually ended up burning through a lot more money than we had originally thought we would need. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, thank God for the fans on that. And originally it wasn't going to be released online. That was the first stretch goal at $50,000, uh, that uh, the movie would be released online for free for everyone to see. Uh, otherwise, it was going to be straight to DVD. Like uh, one of my fellow contributors, I mentioned him before, the cinema snob, Brad Jones. I can't remember if he kickstarted his. I'm pretty sure he didn't. But he released his straight to DVD, and he's told me before that it's been extremely successful that way. But yeah, in his case, he makes movies all the dang time. He loves making movies. He's working on right now, uh, one one right now called Shot on Shittio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's actually filming it on a VHS tape. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of love him. He's <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. And, and he's unnaturally obsessed with Sallow. Oh yeah. yeah! Oh god! Yeah. Well, he's, oh. he's, obs- he's obsessed with so many obscure movies yeah. right now. His current obsession at the time of re- his recording is a 1991 TV series called Tequila and Benetti, which is about oh, my god, which is about a talking dog police drama, and the uh, and the t- the dog talks, but no one else can really hear him. I remember this. Oh my god, you do! <laughs> and here's the really weird thing. And, he- and for those of you at home, here's the really thing about it. You would think that a talking dog cop show would be pretty light. Like, oh hey, there's maybe there's oh, like no no. This was ninety one. No, this no. There it was a weird time in television. The second <laughs> the second episode is about a serial rapist. Yeah. Oh. oh I don't think wow. I. I don't think I watched it, but I remember. I remember commercials for it on TV. Yeah. Yeah, and he and he he's like, "Oh my god, this this is this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life." And he's reviewing every episode of it. <laughs> there there weren't that many. Yeah, like 12, 13 yeah. or so. <laughs> no, but uh, going back to your point, yeah. Melissa, um yeah, what I really like about the internet as a distribution channel and you, I mean, we're seeing it with like YouTube stars and everything mm. is yeah. that people are really exploring what they can do and they're, you know, so we even have like microfilms. In a weird sort of way, what people are doing with vines and other like micro or even just animated gifs and all of these things, they're all they're all different ways of telling a story and I'm loving it. I just wish that there was a way for us to monetize it more effectively for the artists. Hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There are the two effective methods that I've noticed us right now, and it's the same way I make a living doing this. Uh, the first is ad revenue, which is an uneven system, mm-hmm. as we've discovered over the last several years, because, of course, some ad campaigns pay better than others. Some times of the year are better than others. It used to, there, there used to be this very similar to TV system where, like, it's it, there's a summer slump because everyone's outside, no one's on their computer watching things, and then the holiday season would be the most profitable season because everyone's inside, away from the cold, and you know, sitting around watching uh, uh, internet videos all the time. So you need fans in Australia, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to but, balance it all out. Yeah, but nowadays it's it's kind of petered off, partially because of the video platform I've been using. Blip has been having issues up and down lately. They got bought out by Maker, and then Maker got bought out by Disney. It's been up and down in that regard. So that brings me to the next method, which is in some ways an even better system, Patreon. Where yeah, pe- how much luck have you been having with Patreon? I've been having incredible luck with Patreon yeah. so far. Uh, I've se- I've known other people who have had even better luck, but of course they've been producing different kinds of content. Uh, my friend Noah Antweiler, who runs the Spoonie Experiment, another web series based thing, he hey, gets Spoonie. yep he <laughs> gets about four or five thousand dollars a month for his content. I make about twenty six hundred at the time of this recording. Uh, and that's more than enough for me to live on, but I'm trying to diversify my revenue streams, mostly because I don't want to, if one thing goes under, I'd rather not, you know, be completely dependent upon one revenue stream. Sure. So mm-hmm. for people who might not be in the know, mm-hmm. uh, explain how Patreon works. Uh, there are two ways for Patreon to work. You can pay, basically, you are committing to pay a content creator, be it for like web comics or books or print journalism, or in my case, web video. It's basically like a patron of the arts, where you commit to buy them if they produce content, or you can do it by month. I do it by month because during some months, I produce considerably more content than people would be willing to pay for. And while people can set a cap for things, like I'm only willing to pay $10 a month, and despite how many videos they, they put out, uh, they would 
normally, uh, uh, if in my case, during October, I do a daily video series called Long Box of the Damned, where I review a horror comic every day in full, in, in like full, uh, uh, horror host makeup and go and ghoulie detail there. But of course, I don't expect people to pay however amount, like say $2 a, uh, a day for that entire time period. So it makes more sense for me to go as a monthly payment. And as long as I keep producing content, I'd make them happy. Mind you, there are also other things that are associated with it. Much like a Kickstarter or Indiegogo, there are milestones. So if you reach a certain level, they'll unlock certain things. I set my milestones far too low because I didn't expect it to become so popular. So I'm still trying to catch up on some of those. <laughs> One of them was like better equipment for for video and and audio recording. Still trying to catch up on that one, but I have produced a few of the other ones, like doing a proper schedule for History of Power Rangers, and I produced a holiday DVD. That was one of the milestones. You actually raised your milestones since then, right? I haven't. Well, they fulfilled. You're not going to fall under again and again. I have I, 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 I fulfilled all the milestones because the highest one I had was two thousand. And and so if I do another one, it'll be like at the four thousand level. I was actually suggesting <laughs> that to my fans. Uh, like like at the four thousand dollar level, I will do a an advent calendar where you know the equivalent. <laughs> well the well the equivalent of it basically being I'll release a video every day for the first twenty four days of of December. But I won't say uh, you you just won't know what the videos are gonna be. That kind of a thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but and, you also offer like like yep. uh, Patreon also has the individual reward tiers. There we go. And and I have several levels for them, and other people set individual levels for their own because, of course, there is no definite amount you have to pay. You pledge for like a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, and I set uh, reward tiers for that. For example, the two dollar level, you get to see side videos a day early because side videos don't have any set schedule. I can post them up. They can see them a day or a week beforehand. Some of my colleagues do a week beforehand. <laughs> and then next day they go up. So you get that, that first access to it and the first reaction to it. At the five dollar level, I give them behind the scenes information on every episode, on, on production of a top the fourth wall, interesting stories, what's going on with things, how busy am I? Uh, this is why I didn't post it last week, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, higher levels include like names in the credits. They get to pick what I review, and of course you can set limits on that because uh, originally when I first uh, set up the Patreon, there was the $50 reward tier where if you give me everything you want, I will produce a video for you. Uh, and that quickly became overwhelming for me because I just didn't have the time to uh, uh, produce an extra video for something that I just was not enthusiastic about working on. Yeah. Uh, so... Fortunately, I didn't have. Uh, there weren't very many takers on that, but it was still something that just I couldn't do. And then originally, the uh, request to review for me was at four slots, and I've limited it down to two now because there was heavy. Uh, uh, what's the word? Turnover with it. People would pledge their amount, they would set their date, and I'm okay with that. They could, they as, as when they get their award, they can lower it down because you know I've got their money. They 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 paid for what they got for, and as long as they're still pledging, that's great. But in this case, it was such a big tur uh, turnover that uh, it was starting to fill up so many slots. So, like, I there's some stuff I, I want to talk about personally. So eventually this is going to get to the point where people, where it's nothing but requested reviews. And that's not going to be any fun for me because I have stuff that I really want to review and talk about. So I so I limited it down to two and it's been more under control since then. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, it it's interesting to me that... Um, people who are producing for the internet are so much at the whim of the audience, mm. you know, even more so than well, you know, it's a lot more direct feedback. That, oh yeah, that's that's the greatest thing that I love about the internet, and and what's always bugged me about a lot of companies that that they're unwilling to accept the fact that this is the quickest way of them getting feedback and getting a response to their product. Comics in particular have had this problem yeah. lately. Eric Larson recently went on a tirade for various reasons, but one of the well, one of the post interviews after the scan the the scandal of some of the words he said was that uh well I don't want to listen to what a vocal minority on the internet says. And I'm just like a was... vocal minority? What fucking planet are you on? It's just been revealed as half the sales group. <laughs> yeah. That vocal minority is your 
fucking it's revenue. The, yeah, it's the pe- yeah. it's really no different than letters pages, except it doesn't take three months to get a response for the most uh, recent thing. And and they're not edited. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, okay. Yeah. They're that cherry picked so by imagine, the editors. Imagine if 1960s Stan Lee was on. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a double-edged sword. Uh, that was the other thing we we're gonna talk. Uh, we, we should talk about yeah. the, about about the about the fact that it's wonderful that people don't have to worry about any kind of you know producer oversight to make cute content cr- uh, happen. But on the same level, there's also no oversight for really bad ideas that happen. Right. Yes. There's there's no editor between you and the fire hose of information that is coming from the internet. This mm. is the essence of D. I why yes <laughs> precisely I mean you have what thirty thousand followers on Twitter yeah yeah that is a lot of people <laughs> well a lot of people and a lot of spam bots and a lot of spam bots but spam- well but and lurkers still. also and lurkers because I'm a I'm a famous lurker I don't yeah know. your profile yeah. is private nobody can even detect talk that's to right you. but if yeah. but that's the thing if you're not I willing was a to teacher. make I was a teacher. Mm. There was no fucking way my Twitter was not going to be private. Right? Of course. But but the thing is, yeah. the vocal minority thing, well, who the hell else are you supposed to listen to then? The people who aren't saying anything, which could mean anything. They could be approving of it. They could be silently disapproving of it. All you have is sales numbers, which are inaccurate at best, considering they're not really how many people are buying it. It's how many shops are ordering. Yeah, right. And the same thing can go for direct-to-DVD movies or anything like that. You have to listen. I should say, you don't have to listen to your audience because sometimes your audience wants something and you know they're wrong. They want this, but really it's a, the kind of thing that you're like, it, it, it's... Let me, let me give you an example. If if certain people were had their way, uh, there would be no gay subtext in Sherlock. They would just be out and out making out for an hour. Which... That's a stupid idea. A Not that of, there couldn't yeah. be a, of course. a gay version, uh, a homosexual version of that story, etc. But number one, what I want in a BBC crime drama is not porn. Yeah. First off, I don't want to just watch them make out for an hour with a little bit of plot around it with some pizza being yeah. delivered. Yes, but, yeah, that, but, but, <laughs> some people but the that... subtext is kind of nice, yeah. really. <laughs> but on the other hand, I enjoy that show because I enjoy that it's a, it's a, it's croutons over the top of the salad. It's it's not mm. the entire thing. And that's the other thing. fan service. And that's the other, and that's the other thing about it that 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 different commenters want different things out of it. So of course you have to pick and choose what uh, sort of things. But I think it is important to listen to your audience because oh, yeah. maybe the subtext can move into overt text at some point. Uh, but but you know you make the transition naturally versus say I want it declared official now right now do it. <laughs> I can't see it, but I'm crossing my arms and yeah. looking stern. Okay, so Lewis, you have not started filming. Filming starts like three days from now. Yep. Um, so you are in the... The basement, by the way, still looks remarkably like a basement, not a spaceship. Yeah, I know. I, know I need this. to do some changes. I'm in charge of the set design. We're taking down a bunch of the posters on the wall here. Yeah. We're going to hide some of the game systems. Uh, there's actually... The, the, the microphone right now is on top of a uh, uh, entertainment center uh, uh, shelf thing that we bought to put a console on top of. It has switches. It has switches and buttons. That we can toggle. Does it have switches? Because I know how much Alan Tudyk loved the three switches above his head on Firefly. If you watch... Oh, God, yes. He makes a thing out of flipping those every Oh, yeah, we got a bunch of those. The one irritating thing about this, uh, $20,000 of the budget for the movie is going into the Comicron 1 set. Comicron 1 is the name of my spaceship. Uh, Not this spaceship. Not this spaceship, different spaceship. The spaceship (laughs) that I got on my show that I stole from an interdimensional dictator. Long story there. We get the cheap spaceship okay that's, exactly okay. That's no, the, judgment, it, no judgment no judgment ours is built by the u.s government wait so twenty thousand dollars of your budget is going for a different spaceship it's probably for a different spaceship that's part of his regular so that's continuity. part of my right that's part of my regular continuity and that has all touchscreen displays so no cool toggles or switches it's it's oh, i know right what were you thinking so you get the 2001 spaceship we get the 2010 spaceship you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Well, you'll have a it's working true. console after one. this. Yeah. Like <laughs> oh, you're going to be shooting in three days. Yep. Yeah, we're going to be shooting in three days. And it's How long be a is the shoot? Ten days. Yep. Ten days. So everybody's coming into town yep. from various points over because the Because they all work on this internet 
thing. Yes. That doesn't mean that they actually live nearby. Which is a real damn shame. One of them used to. Uh, then he moved down to Texas. And now three people are flying in from Texas. But of course, Texas is so big that we're flying them in from three different airports. Yes. Because it's fucking huge. Yeah. And Texas is large. I just drove there. Who, who was the person who was here? Uh, Lana Pator from Team Four Star. Oh. He used to live. He used to live in the area, and he played a character on my show for for a few episodes. Alan Park, the government liaison, because of course Linkara has a spaceship, so that naturally makes the U.S. government a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but so he needs a government liaison to make sure you know you're not going to do anything untowards with that thing. Oh no, no, of course not. <laughs> Aiming the gun. <laughs> <laughs> shifty look, shifty look, yes. So are you all ready to start shooting in three days? Pretty much, yeah. I'm just waiting on uh, a few on the people to arrive, and tomorrow night I'm going to be going out to a Sam's Club and buying a whole bunch of food for the shoot, because we're, we're providing lunch for everyone mm -hmm. every day. Craft table, craft services. Craft is good. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Craft services is so important, so important to keep your people fed. That's how you keep them happy. Exactly. Lots of baby carrots. Mm. You do not want cranky actors. They're worse no. than toddlers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very true. So true, man. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be my fun thing. I've never directed a project of this magnitude before. And and Melissa and Fez can, can attest to this. My wonderful directing skills of, okay, um, why, why don't you just stand here and, okay, the camera doesn't look right. Okay, adjust yourself. They're perfect. <laughs> yeah. It, Say it, your it, lines with your arms by your side, doing nothing. In in, in the times I've uh, appeared on Linkara's show, which is why I'm on the IMDb right now. <laughs> As she a, plays a foam lizard. I play a foam lizard. No. Oh, I haven't told you this, Lewis. Okay, so how have I never known about this, and why haven't I gotten to have fun as a foam lizard? This is this is really. I would make new. an awesome foam lizard. Really I'm just saying. Them. Oh, you totally would. But no, um, <laughs> I grew up on slee stacks. <laughs> okay, Lewis, at work at my like legitimate workplace that pays me money. It's true. I I uh, guide a team of three men in India. And one of them Googled me. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, oh my god, yes! He found my entry on the internet movie database. <laughs> and he was asking me, why are you a foam lizard? But, Melissa, what, why Melissa, are, why are you a why foam lizard? Why are you being a foam lizard? What, what is a foam lizard? <laughs> What is, well, it's a, it's a what, little toy made of wire and foam that's shaped what, like a lizard. How how does one how does one become a foam lizard? <laughs> Why are you on the internet I, movie I database? I am not understanding the acting. Why are you in movies? <laughs> what do do all Americans be in movies? Well, yeah, basically, <laughs> well, yes. Because we don't uh, we don't have diverse casts, so yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm white. So we need to make another film. <laughs> <laughs> So, so there you go, Lewis. <laughs> I live to serve. Oh, yeah. Actually, to bring it back yes. around. Bring it um, back, bring it back, bring um, it back. I was, I think I, I, I and or Melissa made a suggestion. It's like you should, if not premiere it also online, but like also go to where you can to play it in actual theaters in the area. So then it becomes an actual movie. Distributed movie. At which you can enter yourself into the Oscars. Um, you, you fully, you can fully embrace the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. I already the, have. But I then he does now. officially then because no, fuck the Oscars, no, no, but no, no. You should but aim the, for a, a film I'm, festival. I'm aiming for his ego. A oh, film yeah, festival. No. That, that's why you wanted more lines. You're going for the supporting actor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm already. I argued for more lines for my character. <laughs> oh my god, you are an actor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are okay. you sure this is what I would say? Mm. So I was already in Trekkies too, which means I am two degrees from Kevin Bacon, legitimately through mm. movies because. Mm -hmm. Trekkies 2 also had Richard Hurd in it, and Richard Hurd was in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with Kevin Bacon, right? Hmm. Which means, by being in this movie, you guys are, are three degrees. degrees of Kevin Bacon. And that makes me very happy. Yay! I'm, sure I'm, make Brad happy, too. I'll tell him that. I'm like okay. half the required amount. I already Kevin am. Bacon. Yeah, everybody, everybody that will be coming will be yeah. three degrees. Shoot. All right, so you're going to shoot we, for 10 days. Yeah. Uh, seriously, I'm going to bring it around. Um, yeah. So you're going to shoot for 10 
10 days mm-hmm. and how long well, i mean like what's your post-production well we see we're going to shoot for 10 days but the thing is there are some sequences which we just don't have the resources to film right now because the places we're going to film that stuff is in different locations for example uh the beginning of the movie features a bar scene uh which I don't have access to a bar, but I have... Oh, we can fix that. (laughs) (laughs) But but Doug Walker, the nostalgia critic, has filmed uh, several scenes in a bar-like setting that we're going to be... that he's going to loan out to us, but he's in Chicago, Mm -hmm. so we need to film that stuff there, and obviously we can't fit that into the regular filming schedule. There's also additional filming that I'm going to be doing on my own in my apartment, because Linkara... Because I play Linkara, I play 90s Kid, I play Harvey Fine Voice, and and so, of course, I don't need anyone else there to help me filming this stuff. I just need to, like, set up the tripod or get a cameraman and film all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And that that can be handled without, you know, the regular production schedule. what about the, the full-on crew, though? Is the crew that's going to be coming here, are they using their cameras? Are they using your cameras? They're going to be using their cameras, but they're going to loan me uh, one okay. of their cameras for uh, for Fine. the additional shooting stuff. Otherwise, I do have my own DSLR camera that we could also use. We have backups in place for the camera stuff. <laughs> so sound might be a bit of an issue, but, we can, but we'll work through it. And, you know, I'm not expecting this to be a masterpiece. <laughs> uh, but yeah, post-production otherwise is probably going to take a few months. We're also going to have to do a bunch of additional uh, uh, CGI for the spaceships, editing in things. Uh, Nimue, the the AI on board Comicron One, uh, we built you know a display video video screen for that, but it's going to be but the actual display on it is going to be green screened, so we need to you know work that out. And just a few so, other shots that are just going to be post-production. Have you seen the good ship Bali Pop? I don't I think have he, not. I don't think he has. What is this title? <laughs> okay, the good chip Bolly Pop is something that Wendy and I <laughs> made. <laughs> oh, that. Oh, that. Yeah. I filmed yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Is, is this on the internet? This is on the internet. It is on the we'll internet. It was our buttonomathon application. And video. and and, and uh, dear listeners, up. we will link to it. It <laughs> it is um, the Bollywood version of the good chip lollipop that Wendy and I made with friends. So yes, is it as great as the Dune Swede? It's different. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's different. different. It's, it's different. happier. It's a lot happier. I love the Dune Suite. I don't know. I thought Dune the Dune Suite was pretty happy. <laughs> Hi, Dad. I'm, I'm a drop of rain on a rack. Yes. I love hearing Tim try for that note and miss. <laughs> that That is Sorry. just the cherry on top of the sundae. Tim Tim sold that motherfucker. That was so, so great. beautiful. That was so great. So beautiful. I cried a little. <laughs> All right. So yep. do you have like an end, like a, we're going to, like a release date that's planned or is it just like well hopefully this year well it's definitely going to be this year uh unless unless you know barring injury illness loss of footage kind of thing uh it's going to be this year what if you lost a foot in time for christmas (laughs) you you don't you you wear a wooden one like Nicolas Cage and Moonstruck in time for christmas you say I think it's I think I'll have it in time for christmas hoping for October release right (laughs) <laughs> the documentary about the dude making a movie and like there's a he has this huge crisis at one yep. point because he he lost like a foot and he's like where to go where to go I can't put the movie together because there's a foot of film missing I'm like what's what ver- how much cut, of a second is that cut, cut around it yeah <laughs> see when you said I lost a foot I thought you meant actually lose a foot like Nicolas Cage lost his hand and moved like to- I lost my, my hand. hand I lost my bride. <laughs> <laughs> my brother has his head. My, my brother, brother has, has his bride. bride. <laughs> now get him my bed. <laughs> so when you finally finish your movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yes. Lewis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lewis, hi. Since this is a Kickstarter, like, what do you have to do with it? Or uh, an Indiegogo. What do you owe to the Indiegogo? I owe several things because, of course, much like the Patreon, there are reward tiers. Uh, Some of them are as simple as your name in the credits, which I'm actually giving to everyone now, just minimum $5 uh, contribution to it, simply because I realize, you know, it's unfair. Some of these people, one person donated $15,000. I'm wow. not kidding. Sweet Jesus. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so, so I think they deserve their name in the credits and, you know, other people donated large sums of money too. So I think they should have their names in the credits too. So I amended it because the, the one problem with, uh, Patreon versus Indiegogo is it, once someone is pledged at a certain tier, you can't edit the tier, even if there's like a spelling error or something on it. Ah, uh, yeah. So I made an amendment in an update post saying everyone who contributed 
uh, you know, $5 and up will get their name in the credits. $5 is just the minimum for that because that was the smallest reward tier I had set up. Other people, it's a signed cast photo, which we'll be taking a little bit later into production, mostly because not all the actors will be arriving at the same time, uh, mostly because of their own lives. And the higher level stuff, the $250 one was the one I should have put a cap on because that was the producer credits. And I didn't put a cap on it because I I thought, well, how many people are really going to donate $250 to it? 50 people. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. You're making that Hollywood movie. Yeah. (laughs) See, executive producer credit goes to, like, me and my assistant director who has been wonderful and has managed to was the one who kicked my ass into gear to get this project started because I wrote this the 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 script like a year or two ago uh probably yeah closer to two years ago mostly because as I was like well I can make it this year and then I didn't end up making it because I got busy next year well I can make it this year then I got busy she kicked my ass and got me like you know actually moving on the project and actually getting everything in place and getting everyone you know secured for that time and call and calling places finding the studio we're gonna film at finding the set construction guy she's done everything so i think she definitely deserves executive producer credit what i'm probably going to do with the producer credits then because there are 50 of them uh they'll appear on like five or six names at a time and have them be uh intermingled with the opening credits because the opening credits i envision at least a cgi sequence of the logo kind of rotating around and then comic panels depicting various uh uh, scenes from the storyline of the show and then we'll like have like Yo, the producers' names in like the word balloons. Sure, nice. You can also do a little bit of Star Trek and just have multiple slow panning shots of the ship as all the producers are just kind of going, like, you know, the first movie, Star Trek The Motionless Picture, is just a long, sweeping shot of the ship. And then three hours later. And that's what I thought of. I would just make it a set design element that somebody (laughs) would just stand in front of to deliver a soliloquy while, you know, there's just names behind them. You know, if you superimpose them on a spaceship, it'll be like that shot in Spaceballs where it's just the ship that just keeps going on and on. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be good, too. (laughs) Will it go plaid at the end? (laughs) naturally but yeah that's but there there has to is there a set date that you have to deliver and what do you do you have to deliver it just on the internet or do you have to deliver Uh, that's i do have to i do have to deliver it on the internet because that was a fifty thousand dollar stretch goal the sixty thousand dollar stretch goal was uh, a two disc dvd with you know loaded with features and i already have a bunch of features lined up that we're going to be doing some of it uh one things like a behind the scenes uh documentary made by the crew because they made one for to boldly flee as well multiple commentaries one of which is by a character that has become popular for some reason but people love it fat grandma oh jesus <laughs> So two hours of me as fat grandma talking like this about my grandson making his movie. <laughs> Y'all want some pancakes? Your, your grandma is Brack? No. <laughs> it sounds an awful lot like Brack. It kind of does. Well, Brack is like my Oh, my pickle big old pickup truck. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> But neither of my real grandmas are like that. Now, if I wanted to talk like my real grandma, I would have See, her speak like this. See, that's a grandma this. voice. No, fact, oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, it's so lovely, this movie you're making. Exactly. <laughs> but but no, Fat Grandma was a character created by two other producers, I think as kind of a parody of sassy black grandmas in movies. And so they asked the whitest guy they know to, to, to put on a crappy white wig, put on a bathrobe, and then say stuff like, Oh no, you didn't! Oh my god. That is really terrible. Yeah, and the <laughs> character has become insanely popular. <laughs> Oh, dear. I don't want to tell you the thought I just had. I wonder if there's a movie out there where Terry Thomas plays a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> and my little grandsons. Oh, oh, dear. Did you want a cookie? Did I you just... see the presentation at school? He was so yummy. <laughs> he I... was only tippy time. With like, like a Lewis. little bun hair and a knitting thing. Louis, can I, can I play my character as Terry Thomas instead? <laughs> No, we already agreed you're right. Come to <laughs> We are at Jupiter. <laughs> and I go there, it's Jupiter. Oh, 
dear. Oh dear. Yeah, I just play the character as utterly insane, and people, and again, people like it. I don't know why they like her, but they do. And so we're gonna have a two-hour commentary by Fat Grandma for the movie. (laughs) Well, you know, the commentary track on Galaxy Quest that's in Thermian is one of my favorites. So do you have to screen this, though? Is it going to get a screening? No, it's not going to get a screen. Well, I'll screen it to the cast, uh, you know, just to see how they react to it. We could find some theaters for you to screen it at, too. I... There's a micro cinema in town from yeah, here. Yeah, we, we could do, we could do the can, trial. It on. can be made happen. You can think yeah. about it. We can worry about it when the time Yeah, well, let's goes. worry about, well, let's, let's worry like, about actually making the but damn you gotta thing But you got to premiere first. it online first, you, it's, you said, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the requirement. Well, no, probably... We need you to tell us about the 10th anniversary special edition. We could edition. to screen it. Well, the 10th anniversary special edition of on the movie. Ray. Was that on Lava Ray? On Lava Ray, it's gonna be. It's gonna. It, that's gonna have all the various uh, uh, sand animals that I wanted to have in the background that I couldn't fit in the, in the movie proper. So there's one thing that also Linkara shoots first. The, uh, <laughs> the one thing that I think you've learned, or you should have learned by now, is that you aim way too low with every single thing that you talk about. You're always about. Oh wow! We good thing we hit that amount because I already spent a whole lot of it on that. And boy, did I underestimate the, how many people would do this I or that. You need to aim a little bit higher now. Every single thing you do. Well, but he keeps making stuff, so we can always use that as the. Basis I know, but he's now. gonna. You're gonna fall underwater if you if you keep underestimating yourself. Listen you're, to your mother. <laughs> that's the thing you're real lucky with the thing and that's the one thing with, with kickstarters is that you see a lot of things go south real bad with people just not anticipating just basically the taxes that happen the fees that happen that you need I have to counteract a, and uh, i have a lot of people to disappoint <laughs> yeah so uh, next time Next time. Know that for next time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, in the meantime, uh, if we're going back to stuff that I owe to the people who uh, contributed, I've actually started getting a few requests from people asking for some of that stuff early. Now, some of the rewards were just every single one of the DVDs I produced. I haven't sent any of them out yet because I've been thinking, well, I got to keep track of every you know, of every pledge that I've done. Some of these requ- have to be signed, so they have to be sent out to me first, and it'll be easier for me if I do if I you know do them once everything is in place versus trying to do them piecemeal. Yeah, piecemeal and just, you know, oh, I gotta send them out now and I'll lose track of everything I've done. Now, I'm eventually I'm gonna set up a spreadsheet and actually, like, keep track of everything because the downside of Indiegogo versus Kickstarter is Indiegogo, you can't just increase your pledge level. You have to donate again for a second amount and then, you know, let the uh, uh, person who, who who's running the Indiegogo th- know that they're that you're doing that. And part of the spreadsheet was is that I can you know keep track of that and like say oh th- I, this name came up again. Okay, I can add that onto their amount. And clearly they uh, clearly with the combined total they wanted this higher pledge level, and I'll adjust it that way. So there's no like backer kit lets in like Kickstarter. Yeah, the reason why we went with Indiegogo versus Kickstarter was that even if we didn't make the goal, we still get the money. Right, and I decided that well, in that case is if we get under the forty thousand goal, we'll cut back on certain things. Uh, we were going to do maybe it maybe this the spaceship set will be all green screen because we can't afford a set, or mm-hmm. maybe I'll have to cut people out of the movie because I can't afford to fly them out here, which would be a real shame. But you you art through adversity and all that. Yeah, I mean you had a yeah. you had a plan of even if we don't make it, we could still make it. Even if we don't get the goal, we could still make it for various different amounts. Yep, and right. the fun thing is with a lot of my backup plans, actually, a lot of them involve the studio that we're filming in, and recently we, uh, uh, something happened that I almost lost the studio uh, beca- because of this thing that I did not know about. I- I'll talk about it in the commentary and whatnot, but 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 it's just like, crap, all my backup plans involve this. Well, this is going to require some rewrites. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like big, the who has big, big garages? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Melissa, your garage. I spent $20,000 on a set that's not going to be used. <laughs> that's going to make some people upset. <laughs> <laughs> that is a backup plan sometimes when suburban nights was it was in danger of uh uh not being able to be produced because of the rain we were filming a whole bunch outside mm-hmm. uh we did briefly consider well we can't fly everyone back out here when the weather is nicer we've already spent all this money maybe we should just make this into a documentary about trying to make the movie and use the footage that way 
Now, yeah. eventually, now the weather did clear up, and we all you uh, could be very Terry Gilliam about it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, we, we you muddle through somehow, and and that might have been the case, and it might have been one of those circumstances where that just happened without you know before even filming a single frame of the film. But fortunately, that doesn't seem to have happened, and fingers crossed, nothing else is nothing major is going to happen, like we burn down the studio or something. Don't burn down my house, please. Don't burn. Down. We're not going to burn down your house. Okay, thank you. <laughs> We'll burn down my house when I'm all alone. Sweet! I, I should mention I have a brief record of fire tactics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you probably have I, to get I, insurance I, for various parts of this, don't you? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's pretty much the issue, the insurance thing. Yeah. It's it's a liability coverage thing, which I knew was going to have to be a case that I would have to like sign some papers or do something like that. But what nobody told me and nobody knew was that uh, uh, the insurance liability couldn't be added on to my personal insurance. Uh, it, it required a separate business insurance. And because I operate out of my home, I've never had to per- get insurance like this before. And State Farm was like, eh, this kind of thing is not really what we cover. And it's uh, difficult for us to justify it, considering your business is such a niche market. But fortunately, they were very nice. And they pointed me in the direction of people who would take care of it. And that's what I'm doing tomorrow morning. I'm going out to, their, to the insurance office to write them a check. They give me a certificate of liability insurance covered. I give that to the student. Studio, everybody's happy. Yay! Yep. Insurance man. Mm. I found State Farm is very nice in that. Oh yeah, State yeah. Farm is wonderful. This has now become a paid advertisement for State Farm. <laughs> Are, were they there for you? We'll, we'll get they you a referral there. link. No. <laughs> State Farm has been there for me. I actually do like their new commercials. I think they're quite clever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, but yeah, they were very helpful, pointing me in the direction of people, and you know, gave me a ballpark figure of how much it was going to cost me, and it's within the it's within a price I can pay. If if it was like like fifty thousand dollars down payment, then I'd be screwed. Then I, I'd be very quickly again figure out okay, whose garage can I borrow real quick? Yeah. <laughs> but fortunately, that is not the case, and things are looking just fine. I can deal with the small fires of stuff like yeah. crap. This thing isn't ready. Well, that's okay. We all we don't need it for. An Another day or two, or crap, uh, I can't make it to this exact day. Well, we can work around that kind of a thing, mm-hmm. you know. It, it, something like that—that's the thing that's been like having me on edge for the entire week. Is like, oh crap, am I gonna am I gonna have to cancel everything just because we don't have this? You know, doesn't have the studio because again, all my backup plans involved having the studio. I know how that goes. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Be so nice if I could just you know, put ten thousand dollars down and th- and they would be okay with it. But no, they kind of need it in case we do burn it down. <laughs> which, <sighs> which, which again, which actually the fact that we're only filming ten days really helped with the insurance in that regard, and, and it created less problems than if I had asked for like a year's worth of insurance. Right. Now you've done this before, so I'm assuming that your shooting schedule. Is actually feasible, yes. mostly feasible. It's yeah. it, it, it's a bit tricky in places because we've had to work around the fact that Angry Joe, one of the uh, contrib- the producers of the site, is actually in like I can't remember the country. I think it's Poland or something right now. Yeah, for the premiere of for the premiere of a video game, and there was no way we could work around. We, we tried to work around as best we could. Originally, they were supposed to fly him out in February. It got pushed back. So now he's going to be there for five days. And he's gonna fly back, fly back to Texas, have like a day of rest, and then fly up here to film the movie. So we've had to reorganize the schedule to accommodate that. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a bit of a rush in those regards, but we can work around it. We're not we're, uh, the people I'm working with are not amateurs. They've worked before on a bunch of other independent projects. They know how to you know be creative with camera angles, and we'll still film shoots with actually having him on screen with those characters. It's just we have to work around these things. Yeah, it's we're averaging about ten to twenty pages per day for filming, uh, and it can seem like a lot of times. But actually, if you look at my script, a lot of it is just back and forth between certain characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, other bits are well, there's description. this, yeah, there's descriptions yeah. and uh, and dialogue chains that are not very long. They're just yes, yeah, very quick. We can do them in one or two takes. I, I'll I'll Ed Wood this if I have to. <laughs> Still working on memorizing my techno babble, but we'll see. <laughs> Do all you need yeah. is a cape, multimodal reflection Yeah, just sorting. arch your eyebrows. Can, can, can and... you give me like a different angle per line so I can break up a paragraph? Exactly. <laughs> the, 
Oh yeah, that that's that's what you do with these kind with these kind of uh, uh, w- with any kind of long dialogue sequences. You have to break it up because because you can't. Ex- I mean, this is not a play. People, I don't expect the actors to memorize huge long speeches, especially ones with techno babble in them. We just need to have we will have more than one camera uh, filming from multiple angles. We'll break up a, up a, a sentence or a paragraph of the of dialogue to cut to another angle as if they're still talking, then cut back to them. Master shots and coverage yeah mm-hmm. shot reverse shot two guys sitting on a couch <laughs> gestures oh just hold like a, a mug of cocoa up to your mouth while you talk i really we'll fix it in post <laughs> i really enjoyed that scene we did earlier <laughs> looping is great oh yes we love adr We've been recording for a while. We can start. Okay, we, we can, can probably yeah. stop. Should, should we should we ask the questions? We should ask, oh, we should yeah. ask the questions. There's questions. There's questions. There, there are four questions. All right. Four questions. They're very easy. Yeah, I'm. I feel... What would you like God to say to you when you reach heaven? Uh-huh. No. <laughs> no. Uh huh. Okay. Better. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are All you ready? Right. Are you ready? I think you can do it. I'm not ready. <laughs> Who are you? Who are we really? Ah, I see the philosophical angle. That's the first question. It is the first question. Who am I? I am Linkara, or Louis Lavog, or various other names throughout the years. I was known as Aragorn at one time. <laughs> I was also Gandalf the White. No. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. That's quite the pedigree. That's quite good. I'm That's impressed. Quite good. I know. It's really weird that I was talking to myself at several of those scenes, but it was totally cool. Thank God for, for green screens. <laughs> anyway. There was a time I was a dancer named Tutu. <laughs> Did you hear about the overweight ballerina? She had to get a 3 3. <laughs> Oh, Wendy. That's terrible. Wendy. I love Wendy. that joke so much. Yeah, yeah. I love Wendy. that joke. I don't know why. All right, qu- question number two. What do you do? Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> uh, I review comic books on the internet and that seems to make people laugh. Excellent. And now... How do you review those comic books? Uh, basically, there's live action and there's voiceover bits. The voiceover bits feature the the comic panels, either zooming in on dialogue or uh, uh, panning across them, uh, individual panels, especially longer bits, and then cut back to me for like a riff or a joke or reaction. Okay. What, what's your uh, uh, web address these days? Atopthefourthwall.com. There you go. You got a plug now. Or at4w.net if you can't remember that. Okay. That's what nice. that meant in that email. AT4W. AT4W. I was like, I have no idea what that is. I should ask about you that. You should have Googled it. Atop the fourth wall. I've got better things to do. Oh, <laughs> sh- Actually, I seriously was just like, I don't know. Everything's happening today. And ah, I'm <laughs> driving to Melissa's. I don't even know how what happened today anymore. And here's some wine. And that was... The best part of my day. Uh, I would like to watch Moonstruck. <laughs> Who yeah. wouldn't like to watch Next Moonstruck? Next question. Okay, question number three is, if in Xanadu, Kublai Khan did decree a pleasure dome just for you, what would be in it? So your own personal pleasure dome, what's in there? Ooh. You, do, you don't have to like fully like pimp it out. Just even one thing is fine. Oh, I would want to fully uh, pimp it out, as you say. <laughs> I don't like that word. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Because of the because of the connotations of it on another level, but okay. anyway, I right. would have like a full library of comics and movies available, TV shows, huge screen TV, like you know, movie theater sized, and a comfy couch because you always have to have a comfy couch, especially when you have visitors over going to be watching it. Uh, I would probably have full kitchenette and bar for the people who drink. I do not drink, but I know other people drink, and so they want their their booze. So, yeah, basically just a really, really big place to live. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. All right. All right. And and question number four is, would you please recommend a thing for our communal pleasure dome? Something that you have found recently. It, it could be a movie. It could be a piece of clothing. It could be carpeting, swatches. It could be anything. Mascara. Something Something that you have found recently that you would like to re- recommend to others as something Ooh. that is nifty. Something that is nifty and something that is recent. Uh, hmm. I haven't watched it in full myself, but I really do recommend, if you can find bootlegs of it, tequila and Benetti. 
Excellent. Because Excellent. it's because it's such an enigma of a show that you really have to see it to believe it. <laughs> I, I love I, it. It's tickling like something way back in my limbic system of like, what the hell? That did exist. Jesus. <laughs> wow. Um, like okay. Neighbor, Brad uh, Jones is there. <laughs> do you have a recommendation for this week, Melissa? Nope. I'll, I'll let you I think pro- about it. I, I'll think about it. I'll think okay. about it. Here's my recommendation, and I know this has been all over the internet, but it has been greatly tickling me in the last couple of days, <laughs> is these t-shirts that they are mashing up Disney princesses and Doctor Who. Ooh. Disney movies. I should say Disney movies, because one of them is a great one of the seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> from The seagulls from Finding Nemo with the TARDIS. <laughs> Mine? And the captain is just the seagulls have the blue box. See, I, I love those, but my friend Spoonie absolutely despises them. They just tickle me. And he, th- he thinks they're the height of laziness in, in, in creative mashup design. It's just like, oh. oh, you put the TARDIS next to a Disney princess. Oh. Whoop-dee-doo. Um, excuse me. No, that's awesome. It is awesome. Because I think so, too. You're taking these characters that are so... So bound by our cultural tropes of what princesses do, and you're, mm. and literally a door opens next to them, and and it's fun for me to first off just because I just love Doctor Who and I love Disney movies and Pixar movies, and so especially the seagulls one cracked me up because I was trying to picture like especially Matt Smith's Doctor dealing with the seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> What? What? What are you doing? What? Just Leave imagine- my fez alone! Leave my fez alone! I'm just imagine his performance. Mine. 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 Are mine, we do- mine. Is this what we're doing? Mine. Mine. Why are we talking like this? Um, I want the seagulls to meet the pigeons from Bolt. <laughs> that won't. That'll work. I want to see someone take those seagulls and do a fresh film adaptation of Jonathan Livingston Seagull. <laughs> where, it's, where it's the one seagull who stopped saying mine and oh. went on a spiritual journey and oh went boy. on a spiritual journey but to get back to my point I like imagining because of course I've got a daughter and I've seen all these movies and to various I have various there's a whole spectrum of Disney princesses and we can get into that but like like I'd love to picture like what Mulan would do if the doctor showed up that would be kick ass hmm. Mm-hmm. Right or Merida or even Elsa. Mm-hmm. Like they're yeah they're and so yes it might be lazy but like, that's his opinion. I actually love him. Yeah. yeah, but for me it's like no, this is taking something that's so typically feminine and taking something that is so typically geeky and saying these two go together. Hmm. You can be girly and love Doctor Who as we've all proven with our TARDIS dresses and our Dalek dresses and our everything else. So exactly. and we'll prove it over and over until you get it. Until you get it. <laughs> you know, my, my favorite mashups are where you take these two things that mean something to people and you find a way to meld those meanings and show that they actually have shared meaning. Yeah. yeah. Those can be neat. I made a Doctor Who uh I made a Peter Davison forties pinup suit. Just for me. Can mm-hmm. I like it? Um, so, what's your recommendation for this week? Uh, oh goodness! Um, did I did I recommend my Fitbit clip yet? No, I don't okay. think you did. Okay, so I bought a Fitbit like a year ago, and it's one of the Fitbit flexes, and it had a band that went around your wrist that you keep on twenty four hours a day. And my skin, being what it is, decided a couple weeks ago to say nope. Your body just decides to reject things. Yeah. My body just said, nope, that, no, d- do away with that. Like, I, I have, that. I had, I had hives all the way around both wrists and all sorts of fun stuff. So I got this little clippy bit thing from, I believe, it, I believe it's Fidian on Amazon and they it'll sh- be in the show notes. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes, but it's like a little clip thing that you put your Fitbit flex in and it's got a it's a silicone thing with magnets and it clips onto things so i it's actually you can like clip it onto your ears or your nose or your fingers on your ears. but really but really you know you can just clip it onto clothing and it works just fine so, so there you I can, go i can have my fitbit and not have to wear it on my wrist 24 hours a day hmm. Happy days. Happy yeah, days. I'm 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 happy about that. For for ten bucks, I got two of them, and um, I no longer have hives. It's very nice. Yay! Fucking technology. <laughs> Yay! 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 
All right, so let's wrap this fucker up. Thank you for joining us, dear listeners, in Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I have been Melissa, and this has been... Wendy. And we have been joined by... Our Xanadu. Our merry cast of characters. <laughs> who are you, Lewis? I don't know who I am. <laughs> who are we, really? Okay, fine. <laughs> who am I, anyway? Who am so we have, been, we have been joined by Lewis, who is also known as Linkara online, and also our dear audience, who has been Fess, and Noel. Hey! hey. I'm, I'm Fess. Yes. Now we are here. And now we are here. And and before we we go further off track, it's like one We're gonna of the run out of tape. So so um have a good night, dear listeners, yeah. and we will see you next week. Bye. Boop. Bye. Boop. I'm just making boopy noises. Jesus. I'm I'm oh, wow. waving at the microphone again. I like, Jesus. This I episode has been brought to you by State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. That's a whole lot of dick. That is <laughs> that is that that's a, a whole lot of macho, a, right? Balls I, I, and I, penises I, and boom. <laughs>